Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Have you subscribed to the Panera Bread Unlimited Sip Club? Folks, what are you waiting on here? We're talking $8.99 a month, so you can grab yourself a drink once every two hours. It is fantastic. And let me tell you something. They've expanded the Unlimited Sip Club. So not only can you get your hot or iced coffee or your hot or iced tea, now you can get the fountain drink. So if you want to grab yourself a soda or check this out. Okay, we are talking about the charged lemonades, strawberry lemon mint, Fuji apple cranberry or the mango yuzu citrus. Okay, these are clean energy drinks, folks. Okay, we're talking about guarana and green coffee extract gives you a nice little boost it certainly keeps me charged up to deliver the best episodes of duke loves wrestling for you so what are you waiting on visit your local panera bread or go to panerabread.com sign up for the unlimited sip club enjoy yo jacksonville look who's back that's right baby it's me it is dp Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the Diamond Cutter, the three-time world champion, WWE Hall of Famer, and founder and CEO of DDP Yoga is coming back to Jacksonville in 2022, June 11, 2022, River City Wrestling Con, baby, that's right. Diamond Dallas Page will be there with a host of other legends. And I want to see you there. So right now, don't waste a second. When you get out of the arena tonight, you go right to RiverCityWrestlingCon.com and get your tickets now, baby, to feel the Hello to the people out there in the world. This is Effie. And I'm here to tell you that I'm having one of the most intense conversations with one of the best podcasters out there today. It's the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, and I'm excited to talk with the Duke. Well, Effie, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. This is years in the making. And and let me tell you something. First and foremost, everyone listening right now, stop what you're doing. You can even pause this podcast. I want you to head over to RiverCityWrestlingCon.com. Make sure you grab your tickets before. This upcoming Saturday, because if there's anything that you want to see this weekend, you want to see Effie. Okay, we're talking Q&A's with Dan Housen. We're talking wrestling. We're talking signing merchandise and doing all the the, the Effie stuff. You know, it's going to be a big celebration going on. We have the uh, Jacksonville Bicentennial going on at the same time. So this is this is an event. Okay, you got to check out the River City Wrestling Con. Check out Effie because it is going to be fantastic. Now, Effie, I've been a big fan of yours for years, and I got to ask you the most important question that you probably are ever going to get all day. 
the mustache. Yeah. I need to know here because, listen, I, I got my beard oils. Oh, I yeah. condition my beard. You know what I mean? I, I, I It has to be fragrant and, and, and it has to feel soft to the touch. But I, I can't do my mustache the way that you're able to maintain that luxurious mustache. Of yours. What is your secret, Effie? Uh, well, here's the thing. We're going to start out heavy then. And I'll just be, com- I'm going to be completely honest here today, dude. This is a spite mustache. And I think that's why it grows so strong because at a point in the pandemic where we were finding out that a lot of our work colleagues were not good people, there were a high number of these fuckers with part, pardon my French. I'll watch my language here. If you need me to, uh, there were a high number of these dudes who had mustaches and were found out to be really terrible to partners or other people or, uh, you know, abusive in a way. And so I figured if I slapped the mustache on, it would at least make the point of, uh, I, I own this space now. You can't come back. It's a, it's a privilege, not a right to be a performer. And I will make sure that you don't get the platform. Uh, and then it's stuck because I look hot. It's very gay centric. It gives you the energy of the village people. And like, there's, there's something where I look old and young at the same time with a strong mustache. And I think that's fascinating. So, I mean, a lot of reasons, but it was originally just stuck on my face because I was like, I hate these people. I hate that they've treated our coworkers bad. I hate that they've done this under our noses. I need them to know that they're not welcome. And that was the easiest symbol way to to put it on there. And I mean, like, you're going to find out there's there's a lot of rage that I've learned to channel in great ways, but some of the best ideas come out of being angry at something in the first place and then coming to terms with it and making it into something more entertaining or more specific to the point I'm trying to make, you know? Well, first of all, you definitely are the the youngest old person around here with that mustache. There's no question about it. It's funny that you say that because it's true. No one knows how old you are. You could be 25. You could be 50. You could be somewhere in between. It's yeah. all the same there. But I, I love I love what you just said there because there's so many different ways you could have gone. You could have gone out and tried to be destructive uh, and, and physically harm somebody or you know do something where you're putting yourself in jeopardy, what have you. No. You grew the mustache, you made it something that people could not miss, and it has become such an iconic part of who you are. Um, You're identified because of that mustache that literally you are the number one wrestler I think of when I think of a current wrestler with a mustache. I mean, you know, I got to go all the way back to Magnum T.A., for my next one, I and, love you know, it. <laughs> Magnum hasn't taken bumps yeah, in years. I got to, you know, Magnum TA still has the people coming out to do meet and greets with him. And the man, you know, his wrestling career was ended early, but he still has the love with the fans, and they still want to come see him. Uh, and he's still rocking that mustache. So I, it's for me, you know, I hate to jump and be as big brain as I am, but my body is the it's my tool for work. And so in that same sense, like. I want to go to the gym because my body is my tool for work, but I also want to appear as the character I'm needing to portray at that time where I am always Effie. Like there's no distinction between the Effies except for they visually look different or I may be trying to make a different point, but it's all Effie. And so if it means that my body is going to be shifted or changed or I have a rat tail or my hair is blonde or I have a mustache or, you know, I'm getting a weird piercing for some reason. It's it's all in the jest of like, I want to be as committed to my art as I can. I want to live and perform as as this art piece. And like, when you see me, you're getting it authentically. Like Effie is Effie on main, but also I want to be able to fully commit to the role. I don't want to have to like be this really wild character, but I'm still filling in and trying to make sure I don't look too weird for my job on Monday. I've had to kind of make the decision to go, if you want to live this rowdy fantasy world lifestyle, if you want to be this full time, 
you are going to have to be comfortable with being not only ridiculous, but being ridiculous while being able to like still be a functional human being who pays their bills. And I enjoy that I found the balance now of, yeah, I can have a rat tail and blonde hair and a mustache and pantyhose and weird stuff, but I'm still someone people will turn to first and foremost to be like, what do you think about this business idea or this decision? Or do you think I'm making the right move here? Even though I look ridiculous, you know, it's just that I found a good balance to be able to commit myself to the art completely while still functioning and not losing myself in the sauce. It's like uh, Gucci Mane said, it's one of my favorite quotes, a man needs sauce to survive, but if there's too much sauce, you get lost in the sauce. And it's kind of uh, the old carnival adage of like, you know, if you're the magician and you believe you're actually doing the magic, pal, that's where you get lost. You've got to be completely in the sauce, but you can't get lost enough to where you're like, you know, you're, you're Nick Cage living on the top floor of a luxury hotel and you owe him a million dollars, you know? That's lost in the sauce. This is something I wonder about you, Effie, because you are so comfortable with who you are. At least that is the impression that we get from the outside looking in. I want to ask you about something. I'm born mm-hmm. and raised in Boston, been here my whole life, right? So I'm, I'm a black man in America, grew up in the 80s. Love it. Um, so I, I know what it feels like to be marginalized in this country. And it's part of the reason why... You know, I don't go out of my way to discriminate against and marginalize other people because I don't like when it happens to me. So I'm very sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm 100% me. So even people who I know are actively working against me or may have ill will towards me just for the sake of existing. I still understand that we live in a society. And, and you know what? I can have a conversation with everybody. And if you're working against yeah. me, I'm going to work against you and, you know, outmaneuver you. But at the same time, if we can find common ground and let's do it, because we have to live together somehow, some way in this world. How does it feel to be someone that you seem to be accepted as a wrestler, even by people who you know are working against you? I mean, what is what does it feel like to to live in that space, especially in pro wrestling? I think where my position is now is I, I early on, you know, when I was wrestling in the South and I'm in front of people who are just not pumped to see, you know, a gay dude in pantyhose at that moment, little did they know they would love it. Uh, I had to recognize my privilege kind of right away where, and I want to put this as in a polite way, but like I have a lot more people that are coming to professional wrestling and they have found out through me or through the shows where we were highlighting LGBTQ talent, or they have found out from the new talent that are coming in that this exists and is great, but I also feel a heavy responsibility. Like when I walk in, the most common thing if people haven't met me before is they go, you're bigger than I thought. And I go, good. It's like the opposite Roadhouse. I don't know if you remember Roadhouse with Terry Funkin and Patrick Swayze where everybody keeps going, you're small for a bouncer. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. It's the opposite. They go, dang, Effie's bigger than I thought. And so I could, I could walk outside if I had a hat on and didn't have my blonde, wild, luscious locks. And I could be straight presenting. I look like a heteronormative male. I, I fit in these categories if you are just making a quick perception of me. But I am still someone who is in a sexual minority. I am still a part of the LGBTQ community. But I'm allowed to be pointy to allow my friends to be softer. If there are people who are softer than me that want to come and feel safe around wrestling, they should be allowed to do so. And if it means I need to be the pointy one, then that's what I've kind of set myself up to do. I want to use the fact that like, if you want to come yell at me and call me names or do it, that's fine. I will do it back to you. I will emotionally break you down and then I'll probably fight you in the parking lot. But if you're doing it to someone else or doing it to someone who's paid to be there, I also want to be the first person in front of it to go, you don't get to do that here. And so by presenting myself as this image of, okay, I I don't fit in this world really 
but I'm very personable. I'm very easy to talk to. I have a public relations degree, which, you know, you catch more bees with honey, right? Uh, there are people who I understand in our community who have just been handed wrong card after wrong card from hateful people who have the wrong idea of them as an LGBTQ person or as someone who is in our community or of a, a, a you know, a gender nonconforming group. I have the privilege to go in and go, you can't mess with these people because I'll fuck you up. And then you see the confidence of that build in, we will all fuck you up. And there's a build that happens where it's like, yeah, I have to go wrestle harder because I'm coming in and I'm gimmicky and I'm the gay boy and people have their thoughts. But then they wrestle with me and they go, okay, I get it. That's great. And then I can have the platform in these communities where I can have the LGBTQ show, but now that I've made my way with these wrestlers, they trust my suggestions. They trust my people coming in. I'm constantly working the campaign of going like, we will, we will attack you and beat your ass if you mess with us. But also here's a fun way where you were probably wrong and we can lead you more towards the sugar. I think if people are like, I shouldn't have to explain if I'm a gay person, I shouldn't have to explain things to straight people. You're right. I will take that on because I have the privilege to take it on and I will help, you know, get you through it or answer questions if you want to have a normal conversation. And I thought of an instance recently where by accident and just by the way there were too many people in a match, I was in a match where someone was getting misgendered as we were calling the match. And I don't feel like they had the responsibility of having to re say it every time, you know, cause they're just running through spots. You do this, you do that. They do this, but they're missing the gender. And what am I doing? I go, and I correct them every time. They, 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 every time correct them until they're correcting themselves. And if I can be the person who's like, let me be the asshole for you, because not only are you just trying to be yourself and accepted, and you've already told them twice to tell you your pronouns correctly, they're not going to fuck with me. They're not going to mess with me. And they're going to start correcting themselves. And I think taking the responsibility of, hey, I'm in this community, but I may have a little more advantage. How can I give that back to y'all so y'all can shine better? It keeps me motivated. It keeps me very sharp. And it keeps me, I mean, like, I'm witty, but I'm witty aggressive in the sense of like, I will try to trap you in some words and then tell you why you're wrong. Uh, but it, it'll probably be fun to get there with me. You know what I mean? I know that was kind of a wild all over the place, but I mean, it is something I feel passionate about where if there's someone in the ring and there's a big dude in the audience and he's really, you know, saying some hateful stuff, I don't ever want you to feel like you've got to be the first one on the battlefield, but I want you to know that there's somebody who's going to be on the battlefield, you know, and making sure that we're dealing with it quickly and setting a new standard. I love the spirit of a fighter, somebody who's not afraid to stand up for what's right and be the voice for others. I respect it. It's a it's a space that I occupy as well. So when I see others who are like that, it's like we're drawn together because we understand that we're going to be on the right side of history with this stuff. And it's okay if others are afraid because they're, they're afraid of the forces against you. You know what I mean? They're afraid to stand up to the mob. That's okay. You know what I mean? But I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak. I'm going to show you that you can do it as well. And over time, we're going to do it together. We're going to get there. That is what you embody. That's what you put out there, Effie. And I love it. I respect you for it. I think it's fantastic. Talk to me about the the big gay brunch, because the branding of that is clever. You could have called it anything, but you made sure that you called it the big gay brunch. Why? So when I initially had the idea, it's not like there weren't shows that were highlighting LGBTQ talent. There have been some, but you know, historically humans eventually are be pretty bad at stuff if they're not prepared ahead. 
And unfortunately, our business is full of people who are a little narcissistic. So sometimes you're going into a situation where you're told this is supposed to be highlighting LGBTQ talent. We're so proud of how far we've come. We're having these big matches. And there's sort of this like, there was a weird sense of like, I'm glad they're booking us. I don't know if these bookings will keep coming. Is this only a Pride Month thing? And there's this really odd sense of like reverence almost. Like when you stand for the Pledge of Allegiance where it's like, look at the gays, look what they did. Everyone be on, Everyone has a seat at the table. And it felt very corny when compared to like how raw and aggressive pro wrestling is to me. And so in my head, I go, what I think we're missing and what I think we are not sharing with the straight community that doesn't know about our world when we're just trying to fight for a spot in there, why fight for a spot when we have a different energy that we can bring you to us? Why ask for the little spot on this place or the one time in, a, in the year where you're going to highlight gay talent when I think gay people have more fun anyway. I think going to a pride is the best party you'll ever have, gay, straight, or anything, because there's acceptance. It is wild. There's a spirit of freedom. There's a little bit of living on the edge. When you're told every day that you live your life wrong and you're taboo, the gay community has more fun with the taboos. There's dark humor. There's silliness. There's dancing. There's music. There's late night drinks. And to bring that sort of party environment of, hey, you kicked us out of your little club and we made our own and we think it's awesome, and building that into our own other little club, which is like, yeah, we're indie wrestling and also like we're very gay and being able to highlight that as here's an event you will be safe at no matter who you are. Here's an event where I'm going to advertise it as very gay and sparkly and rainbow. But once you are here, or once you're watching it, you're going to go, oh, shit, it's gay, but it's pro wrestling and it is intense pro wrestling. And we've done everything from big scramble singles matches, you know, bringing in dream match opponents for LGBTQ people who wouldn't have had a chance to get in the ring with these people and showing that they're on their level. And then having things like death matches where the the match graphic is sparkles and rainbows. And I have people fighting for their lives out there and showing that like, yes, we are all in our community. We are all different. We want the acceptance to just be ourselves, but also look across the board. There's so much different wrestling. There's so many different people. We're like any type of wrestler, but when you segment us and go like, I guess we got to have a gay match now because it's 2022, we're holding ourselves back even further. Now what we can do is go, hey, look at all these gay talents. And they're not bringing them in to fill a quota anymore. They're bringing them in because these are talents that have gotten a platform. They're sick like I knew they were. And now they're going to go get it over elsewhere. I have daddy on the ass of my trunks and people think it's like a real sexy thing. And it kind of is, but the truth is like, I'm also the guy making sure everybody knows where they're staying, knows where they have a ride, making sure people feel comfortable, making sure people are understand why I booked them in a match and what it's going to do for them and what the purposes are. There is a dad element to seeing these people succeed and getting more spots. I'm not showing up to do, you know, jobber matches on dark for Tony Khan, but I'm pumped when people I've booked get those spots after or pumped when I see them on other indies because I'm proving the point of we are just as good as you. You have consistently not given us the space to prove that. And now that we have, we're going to infiltrate and make you pay us that I'm the proudest dad of all when I get to do shows like this. And I also like the concept of like, if there's a show with my name on it and my face on it, I can either choose to be a big part of this show and be the main event, or it can be the goofy middle part. That's five minutes and I get beat up and I get kicked out of my own show. I have the space to do whatever I want here. And I have the space to leave it over for others to kind of let them highlight, you know? Anything that Effie is involved in, it's going to be a big party. It's going to be a movement. Um, but as you said, there's so much more behind it because you're affording opportunities for others and setting them up for success, which is a lot. That's a that's a big space to occupy um, for you. And, and kudos to you for, for taking that, 
you know, taken that role in people's lives. And really it's, it's, it's been something that has changed a lot of lives. So it's, it's something special, you know, Effie at, at the river city wrestling con, you're going to be doing a Q and a with Dan Housen. and Dan Housen has already stated that he wants the entire convention to be cursed. Do, do you get the whole Dan Housen thing? I mean, what's up with this Dan Housen stuff? Because you're you're somebody that brings your own element of excitement and 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 spectacle and what have you. And then this Dan Housen stuff comes out of left field, and it's like, what the hell is that? Explain to me from your perspective, what's up with this Dan Housen stuff? So I, I've known Dan Housen for a very long time, and so part of me said they put this Q and A together because we're both pretty over. But right now, with Dan Housen being with Hook, he's on AEW. He's you know he got signed with a broken leg. Like let's think about that for a second. But I knew Dan Housen before Dan Housen figured out Dan Housen, and I think it's something that I look to in a lot of this. Where, and I I'm going to go big brain here for a second, Duke. If you really take away everything that we've built up in what we expect in wrestling from the way we structure matches to the way we structure cars to the way we ask for bookings, we have completely forgotten kind of what the purpose is. At the end of the day, there's someone who wants to put on a show to make money and they want people to pay and enjoy it. They're not trying to scheme you. They want you to come and enjoy it for your money. And you can make a bet by hiring me to occupy part of that time to entertain those people. That's the job. Everything else of, do you work here? Did you work for this company? Have you done this match? Did you win a title? All that's made up. All right? Sorry, folks. It's all made up. But you can't occupy that space of being your best performing, entertain the crowd in front of you, look at the room, do your job as a professional. If all you're worried about is, what will these people think of me? What will NXT think of me? What will all these stars think of me? And so when I met Danhausen, it was pre-Danhausen. And he was a guy who was doing everything the way that everyone was telling him to do it. And he was doing it proficiently and he was good at it and he was filling this role and he was getting little chances, but he was never getting the taste. And he said, I think I'm done. I think I'm not motivated. I go, well, perfect. Now you're going to, now you're going to win. I said, now that you don't give a fuck what they think, now that you don't give a fuck what the next level is, now that you don't give a shit about who is going to look at your match or who thinks what is good or what is not good. Let me be clear. If you make enough money in wrestling, you retire if you don't, you have to agent matches, and I don't need someone who didn't do well in wrestling telling me how to get my matches over. When you stop thinking of those people, you recognize yourself as a professional, and it's hard to phrase it, but when you don't give a fuck about giving a fuck about what they give a fuck about, and you give a fuck about the job at hand, the simple job, which is entertaining these people in your time slot you get a lot more accomplished. And so when you go, I don't care about any of this, it's the starting point of, well, figure out what you do care about. Because if you like wrestling and you enjoy it, make a list of the things you don't enjoy. Now ignore those things and go out and do whatever you want. It's, if it works, there's no rules. Rules in wrestling are for people who can't get over. If you're over, there's no rules. I had, you know, one of the New Japan executives a few years ago was giving everybody match tips after the match you know, after the show. And I said, what can I work on? And they said, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't even know what you're doing, but I think it's working. And I go, I was a little frustrated. And then I went, oh shit, they're only speaking from the place of experience of they were told this because it worked for this person. And now they're passing it on because it worked for this person. Instead of going, hey man, there's a hundred ways to get to the end of a play. We can write any play we want. The things you're saying about how to structure a match and timing and pacing and the way things work makes sense but it doesn't mean it's the end all be all. It doesn't mean it's the only way. And once I stopped giving a fuck about whether the guy who did PWG or the agent who's won an intercontinental championship 
thinks of my match and I look at what the paid fans think of my match, I stop focusing on the things that were holding me back. And I realized that it's not wrestling I didn't like. It's the make-believe second kayfabe we've added to being wrestlers that the fans sometimes know and the fans sometimes don't. But I'll tell you this. I'm never putting together a fucking match for anybody behind that curtain or anybody who is my coworker. I don't wrestle for them. I don't wrestle for anyone else. And if you hired Effie to come in and make you money, then you better damn well move out of my way and let me do it because I don't give a shit what you say. And then you're going, this isn't the way wrestling works. You got to listen to the office. You got to listen to the thing. Effie doesn't. And I know that I risk missing out on chances because of that. But we also have to set a precedent that unfortunately, none of the show happens if the people bumping on their ass don't show up, no matter what your vision is, no matter how good your commentators are, no matter how great your camera work is, we've got to flip it back to being uh, a little more trusted because we're doing all the work there. There are people who put together a show. I get it. I've done it. But we're the professional wrestlers. I hate Hulk Hogan. I think he's a piece of shit as a human being. But I do love that everybody was scared to piss off Hulk Hogan because that's how they should feel. Someone should walk up to you and go, Effie, I don't even want to tell you this because it might piss you off and that scares me. You shouldn't be scared of me that I'm going to attack you or be violent. You should be scared that I'm not happy doing business with you and don't want to come back. There should always be that fear in their hearts. And so when you stop giving a fuck, when you become your Danhausen, when you stop listening and taking everybody else's bullshit advice, which is probably hacking you down anyway, you find that the most entertaining version of yourself is hidden in there. It may break the rules. It may not look like the wrestling that's around you, but thank fucking God, because we are built on juxtaposition and that's the entirety of the business. That was a long-winded answer, but it, I meant it all. You nailed it. And listen, one thing about you, Effie, and we talked about this offline, you always give extra. I've gotten cameos for folks and and you always go the extra mile when you do the cameos, which I find just fascinating because- you know, a lot of people will just do the bare minimum and it's like, hey, that's what the deal is. But for some reason, Effie more than anyone else that I've ever dealt with, you always go the extra mile. And I respect you a lot for that. It's it's something special. You do right by the fans. Uh, why don't you let everybody know what's the best way that they can reach out to you, plug away all the social media, the websites, the cameo, whatever. What's the best way people can get more Effie in their life? Uh, I, I'm very quick to respond. Usually on Twitter, I don't respond to everything. I probably see it. I'm on Instagram too. Everything is Effie lives. So it used to be kill Effie, which Twitter doesn't like the word kill. So we got rid of it. But also everybody tried to kill me for a long time and I just kept living through it. So Effie lives. Uh, you can go to the website if you want any merch. It comes directly from me, EffieLives.com. You can book me through the website. I don't handle my own calendar. So please email them so they can do it for you. I'm an idiot who's always on the road. I'm a genius in some aspects, but I'm also like smart enough to go like, I'm an idiot about being organized. And so someone does that for me now. But the cameo thing, I want to hit on it. Uh, it is incredible to me, genuinely, that people give a crap enough to want to pay me to give them a message or want to talk to me after a show or want to take a picture with me. And I think sometimes when we are in this big wild world of wrestling and we want to be superstars and we're cool, you forget that like, People are leaving their house, they're leaving their Netflix, their bong, their dog, their air conditioning to come out to spend their time with us, to get a moment to spend with us, to watch a match. That's incredible. It is incredible that people care. I hope that I'm always able to give the effort to it. I mean, I'm trying to make differences to make sure I continue doing this the same way as we gain more people and more people find out about me. But if me being able to actually genuinely talk you through the cameo or me really taking it to heart or trying to give you advice for myself that takes me an extra minute, if that means something to people, 
Hell yeah. Because it means something to me that I can open my phone and go, oh, I don't feel great today or I'm sore or I'm this. And I go, damn, I'm making someone's day today by doing a little video message for them. And that's incredible. So please feel free to reach out. I don't always reach out right away. It's Effie Lives Everywhere. And every Monday on Twitch, this is my favorite way, and this is tonight, and tonight's my birthday stream. I don't know when this is going to be out, but I stream every Monday night, the same time as Vince, because his show is so freaking bad, and I need to watch wrestling on Mondays. It's Monday Not Raw on Twitch. We watch at least three hours of independent wrestling every week. It is so much wrestling. There's so many people to find out about, all types of styles, and uh, I'm hosting the whole thing. I do it every single week. I wrestle all weekend. I come home. I watch more wrestling. But the fact that people are this fired up to continue hanging out and watching wrestling and doing stuff, that's why Effie lives, baby. Well, listen, Effie, before we let you go, I got to ask one last question because you just gave me an exclusive there. You, this is your birthday stream on, on Monday here. What is your go-to meal to celebrate Effie? Not just your birthday, but in general. When you're, when you're feeling your absolute best, when you want to go out, when you want to treat yourself, what is the go-to meal for Effie? So... This is, we didn't get into this, but I need you to know something kind of crazy and I can discuss it a little bit now. I, uh, I made a pledge to a demon in 2016 that this demon could come into my life whenever they wanted. And I can't get into too much details, but I'm about to be a part of a very cool LGBTQ centric Netflix cartoon that is coming out where I am playing the higher level version of the demon I pledged to very odd. I, it's very strange. Um, in, in that world, there's one thing that you should know about demons, and I know the word demon scares people, but I don't don't overthink this. Kayfabe is beautiful. Demons love cake. And I after I finish a weekend of wrestling, after I've been wrestling a while, I will usually go into whatever restaurant I'm going into, and I will order cake first with bacon at the same time. And I'll eat two pieces of cheesecake and go straight at it. Demons love cake. Effie loves cake. I'm a person who eats whatever I want, but if I didn't, I would probably wither away because... Those wrestling weekends, I don't always have the best nutrition around me, but I know I can calorie bomb myself with some demon cake. Anytime you want to bring me sweets or cake, that's that's the meal. And I know you're going, that's not even a real meal. You should see what I eat. It's incredible. I survive on cake. Oh, yes, Dan, I'm here, but a nice variable, but I for his catch fries, you know the thing. Yes, well, he is coming to River City Wrestling Con in Jacksonville at the Jacksonville Fairgrounds of some sort. And it appears Billy Ass and the Ash Boys will be there too, so that's a bonus. Then has his good friends. Then as I shall be doing a very evil Q&A of some sort. He'll be signing uh, photos, taking photos with the fan housings, doing all of those sorts of things. It'll be quite wonderful. You may come. It is June 11th. It ought to be cursed. It's a Saturday. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. Folks, as always, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.